Hey everybody, it's the Never Heard of It Podcast. Sean Harrell. It's the show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through the cracks. And oh my god, it's Christmas, Craig. It is Christmas. It's Christmas. Is it? It is. It's not. Uh, hi, everybody. This is co-host Craig Moorhead of the Never Heard of It podcast. I'd like to break in right now just to uh, explain that uh, we were uh, not thinking correctly here. Uh, fact is, uh, Sean was under the impression that Christmas was going to be on a Wednesday, while I uh, simply just decided that Sean was probably right. We don't want to cause any alarm today. If you're listening the day it drops, it's Wednesday. You have plenty of time to, I don't know, find your stockings or wrap those last presents. Today is not Christmas. The day this drops, it will be Christmas Day. I don't in- expect or anticipate any, any single person on the planet listening. Well, you know what? I, I might listen to it that night while I'm washing dishes or something. Maybe so. Just <laughs> but, so it's um, not the loneliest yeah. podcast on Christmas Day. It might be, but I, 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 we're sticking to it by God. I think it should be out there. I don't think it, no other podcast will be doing that. That's no, right. It's, it's They're not. all closed. We're so, open all day long, guys. Twenty four hours. Yeah. So if you got a if you got a new phone or something to listen to this on, good, good for yeah. you. And uh, yeah, now it's December first when we're recording this, but yeah, I think I, it, the stars have aligned, and this will drop on Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Merry everybody. Christmas. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, Happy holidays. Everybody's having a good time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Um, it does feel nice to get into the season here. We kicked it up in, in high gear right after Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it, Craig. I'm feeling it this year. Uh, how are you doing and how are you feeling? I, I'm it? absolutely feeling it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed because uh, that because of, you know, all the COVID stuff, that, that mm-hmm. the hoax sickness that uh, won't be able to go see my folks. Because of the hoax. Of yep. course, I. <laughs> that's, that's a good that's tagline. Just, that's just jokes about the hoax. I mm-hmm. don't think it's a hoax. But uh, yeah, I, um, I'm bummed we're not going to see them. But there is an element of, of um, you know, it's, it's going to be a much more laid back Christmas season. We don't have to get a, a bunch of stuff done in time to get home and. All that stuff. Like we're gonna we're gonna be here. We're gonna hold down the fort. Uh, we're gonna have just a, a Christmas with just our family, which I'm really kind of excited about doing. And mainly because I'm yeah. hoping that it will be a real novelty at least for a while. Because I, I hope by next year we're back to the usual thing and we can go all go see everybody. I'm just looking forward to enjoying what we've got when we've got it. What about you? You got you got that you got that Christmas spirit, huh? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't. I don't know if it's it partly just because of um, it's something different. Yeah. <laughs> when it, in a year where a lot has looked the same, yeah. so the house looks a little different just because we got decorations up. We're getting our tree this weekend, cool. and um, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but we've been listening to the songs, and uh, you got a. I know your favorite Christmas movie. We talked about that, which is obviously apropos of of our mm. podcast here, and certainly this month, but. Uh, Got a got a favorite song you wanna you wanna claim here on I, the record? I have I have two favorites. Okay. They change every day. Uh one <laughs> is the Mariah Carey one. You know the one I'm talking about. 
Sure, yeah. It's just such a good song. It's, it is, yeah, it's infectious yeah. and just it happy. is. It, it's our it's our number one uh, favorite Christmas song. I'm gonna go with three. My top three. Mariah Carey's is the first one. The the Bing Crosby uh, uh, Home for the Holidays is is probably my most favorite throughout my life. Uh, yeah, there's no place like Home for the Holidays. Bing Crosby, hot hot dog. What about you? You got you got some favorites? Uh, well, I'll go non-traditional mm-hmm. then, and partly because we've been, you know, I've just been like flipping through stuff on Spotify and whatnot, and uh, those a very special Christmas albums, which you know I grew up with the first one, so I've always been fond of the U2 version of uh, "Baby Please Come Home" mm-hmm. or whatever that's called. Uh, I like that one a lot, but then also. Um, was listening to the second and the third one, and there's a really good Tom Petty song on the second one. Um, it's Christmas All Over, I think, is that one? Yeah. Uh, that's really good. And then the third one, which I completely missed, but that came out in the 90s, Craig, so Smashing Pumpkins is on oh. it. Oh, uh, yeah, no yeah, yeah. I love those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the... Um, uh, Chris Cornell, Ave Maria, which and, and he did with the band Eleven. Um, I never heard that before in my life until like this past weekend. I was like, That's oh, really? I can believe good. that. I can believe. Yeah. yeah, he he he'd have a good voice for that one. Yeah, it made it made me miss that uh, that voice. So I'll go with those for now. I, Jingle Bell Rock, I, I quite like just because I, I really like the guitar in that one. Is sort of like that kind of like classic. Yeah. It's got like a good twang to it, kind of style guitar. Well, and yeah. I, I want to throw out there just um, just so I get it right, Donnie Hathaway, "This Christmas." I dig that okay. song. It's got a, it's got a real interesting kind of rhythm to it. It's 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 good stuff. Anyway. Anyway, well, you know, it it feels very um, apt to be talking about that sort of like classic Christmas thing because the movie we have today is is by all means tipping a very big tip to to it's a wonderful life your favorite christmas movie all the time and we'll get to that for sure but before we do why don't you for the last time this year just tell people where they can come say hello and happy holidays and uh we'll remind people real quickly uh we will be taking a break uh pretty much for the month of january but we'll be back and stay tuned so so keep in touch with us on all these places that craig's about to tell you about so you'll know when we're yeah please do in 2020 pull up a seat next to the fire here And let me tell you about where you can get in touch with us on this Christmas day. It's not Christmas. Uh, You can get in touch with us on Twitter, on Facebook. Now on Twitter, we're at Never Podcast. On Facebook, we're also at Never Podcast. And on Instagram, when you're posting uh, probably photos of your Christmas meal, uh, we're at NHOIT Podcast. Any of those places, you can get in touch with us. You can let us know how you're feeling. Let us know what your favorite present was. Uh, that's always a, a fun thing to to, 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 to to let somebody, a stranger, know, you know? And uh, yeah. But if you're, if you're looking for other episodes, maybe this is the first one you've ever listened to on this Christmas, and you think, I wonder if there's like four seasons more of this that I can listen to. Well, <laughs> you're in luck. I mean, this is this is our gift to you now because you can find every episode we've ever done on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Castbox. 
Now, any place where you can subscribe and leave a review, uh, we'd love it if you would do that. Uh, if you would take that time, we'd, we'd, we'd really appreciate it because it helps people find our podcast. Uh, the same way that I found uh, Sean earlier wanting so desperately to tell me what other movies he's watched in this uh, past week. Sean. That was a, that was a good segue. Thanks. Like I, I, yeah. I was struggling a little bit on that one. No, it's fine. Um, man, I, I really found myself just thinking about the, the Twisted Sister Christmas album is also awesome if you haven't ever oh, heard that. Oh, that's and great. If you liked Twisted Sister at all, you got to yeah. check that out. So last thing I'll say about Christmas music. Okay, so this is a short list. I completely devoured The Queen's Gambit on Netflix nice. and enjoyed that. It's... um. I cannot wrap my head around why it is as popular as it is right now. I think they have said that it is the most watched new show um, like ever on Netflix wow. or something like that. I mean, it's just like a massive 60 some million people have watched that this show already. Wow. And that makes no sense to me that this thing about chess that's not based on a true story um, and not anything modern is is doing those kind of numbers, but good for it. it it's That's it's definitely free, well yeah. made. It's um, it, it's got some very nice moments in it. Um, some really good acting, and it's it's just satisfying. It's like um, you know, it's an underdog story in a way, and you can kind of see where it's going from the word go. But the way it gets there is 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 interesting and enjoyable and. I even downloaded a chess app on my oh wow, iPad. and I've been playing a little bit because uh, I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I like the idea of I chess. Know the I never rules. have really yeah. played it that much, yeah. but um, uh, it, it, it's fun to, to do every now and then. So, uh, I mean, that that feels like mission accomplished for the, for that show. And then we watched as a family Home Alone uh, for the first time with my nice. daughter the other night, and. Um, it's interesting that movie, like when you really break it down, my memory of it was quite different than the reality in that the sort of hijinks, the Three Stooges stuff, that's all the trailer footage, yeah. you know, um, of the robbery and the stuff that uh, Culkin does to protect himself. That's only about like 20 minutes yeah. of the movie at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of it is really just uh, getting there. But... um it's pretty good. I don't know. I, I think it was one of those that came out. I was, let's see, I would have been 13 or so. So maybe like I, I was a little bit older probably than that target demographic for mm -hmm. this thing, but not quite old enough to, to be completely too cool to see right. it, you know, when it came out. And, you know, there's still some like solid John Hughes isms, I think in this movie and, um, daughter definitely enjoyed it. I went down the rabbit hole then on Disney Plus and watched the trailer for part two, which I don't I don't know that I've ever seen that movie. I, I definitely saw it. And I mean, I may have even seen that in the theater just because oh, it yeah. was a big, expensive a movie in the theater. Yeah, because I think I was definitely because I mean, wait, when was when was Home Alone? Was that 90? 90. OK, yeah. So this one, mm -hmm. the second one is 91, 92. Um, I think that's right. I'm looking right now. So it is 92. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah. I saw that in the, in the theater. 
But I haven't seen it since now, then. Now, here's what I... Here's what I really yeah. want to know. Did you know there was a Home Alone 3? I did. I've seen the box art. Okay. Go watch the trailer for this. A, it was, it's got soul written by credit by John Hughes, which I had no idea. Whoa, I did not know that, no. B, there is an insanely famous actress who is in this movie as a very, very young person. Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren, wow. yes. Mm-hmm. She was a young 64. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you right now if you really just would like no, to. No, I, I, I want the surprise. And, and I want this. I like this interactivity with our audience. They'll be like, yeah. just say it. All right, fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, nope, nope. But of course, Macaulay Culkin is not in that movie. And it's not, He's. it's a completely different character. Uh, I don't know if the neighborhood's the same, but it, it looks ridiculous. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I hate to think that that was maybe one of John Hughes's last written by movies, yeah, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's yeah. good. You know, Until you've seen it, you don't know. Maybe we got to watch all the I've Home Alone it. movies next year. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's all I got, though, Craig. What about you? What have you watched? Yes. Uh, we watched The Grinch. You know, we're we're in the Christmas special area, and uh, the kids. Which one? Uh, the original, original, original. So not the, not the animated new one. <laughs> And not the Jim Carrey one <laughs> yeah. that came before that. Uh, and if there's anything in between those, I, I don't know. I've loved that my whole life. I probably talked about it on the mm-hmm. last Christmas uh, podcast we did. Um, it's just great. It's, it, it never fails to amuse. It's The, the animation's so well done. Um, it, it, it This is the first year it occurred to me that I don't know where the Who's get any food or go shopping at all. They're just Their whole town is a circle of houses. It seems um, maybe, they maybe eat there's a church other. there. That, well, that's what I was thinking. Maybe they're cannibals. <laughs> and maybe that's why they're so happy. They're sort of delirious with cannibal fever. <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless, Grinch is always great. Uh, we're still watching What We Do in the Shadows, which has also just gotten better and better. We, we saw the, the episode recently with, uh, I think the last one we watched was the one with Jackie Daytona. <laughs> which Yeah, that's a classic one. God. <laughs> Uh, so good. Jackie Daytona. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the fact that they're, they find these dimensions in these characters. I don't know. I, I like the fact that this whole, this whole episode is devoted to this guy and, and he starts to sort of have a heart and he really cares about this volleyball team. And it's, it's mm-hmm. so good. Anyway, <laughs> I just, I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, but the only yeah. movie we watched was Maleficent 2 Mistress of Evil. Uh, we all watched the first Maleficent. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first one a lot. Um, I still haven't seen it. Well, that's good to know. It's, it doesn't necessarily stick with you. I couldn't tell you all the different things that happened in it, but I remember Mm -hmm. the story being, you know, I I remember this basic story beats and that it was, it was pretty effective. You know, it's an interesting take. It's just, you've got Maleficent, you know, her from being a bad guy. Uh, in in Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty, I believe it was, and uh, and this kind of tells a, a, a larger story. And I know a lot of people didn't like that. They're like, ah, she's a bad guy. Stop trying to make the bad guys good guys. But I, I dug it. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and then this movie, it's essentially the same. You're going over the same ground in a lot of ways. It's not the exact same story, but it's definitely sort of a thing where. Maleficent does one thing that's not great and then 
everything else is just a horrible misunderstanding. You know, like she's the most misunderstood wow. person in the world. She's a tragic hero. She then, right? sort of, yes. Uh, okay. I mean, in, in the first one, she she puts Sleeping Beauty to sleep. You know, whatever she curses the child, and then and then after that, you know, she starts to kind of see the error of her ways, and you understand why she did it. It's interesting, and uh, I still enjoyed this <laughs> one as well. But it's it's just like you have to set aside the fact. That everyone, I guess, I guess I shouldn't say everyone. It's really one major character is just not going to believe that she's good at all, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's and it's kind of fun. It's it's a little painful uh, when Angelina Jolie is is in a more comic scene. I don't think those scenes have done well for her. Um, yeah. and, and there's not a lot of them. I mean, if she's playing straight in a comic scene, great, that works, and she. She is great with anger. She's great with emotion. Uh, but like, but there's something that just doesn't work. And maybe it's even just the character. There's something about it that just doesn't work when it's kind of a lighter scene at the beginning. And it's like, it, it kind of hurts. But other than that, it's, hmm. it's certainly entertaining. Um, this one's a lot more violent, I think, than the first one was. There's a lot of war going on. But, uh, but other than that, uh, it was, it was uh, good Christmas fun. Very yeah. cool. Um, I thought of two other things I want to mention yeah. real quickly. One, um, my Criterion channel subscription is about to Uh-oh. end at the end of this month, I think. So I was like, I, I, I need to watch some Bergman, right? You know, I got to I gotta do some of these things that I just I yeah. haven't seen and I should have. So I started Fanny and Alexander for the oh, first nice. time in my life. I know, and it's been on my list, which I really was kind of unaware. It's very much a Christmas movie, at least for the first hour so far that I've seen. And nobody told me that there's fart jokes in Fanny and Alexander, a film by Ingmar Well, Bergman. Fanny may have been a, a hint, a slight tip off. Well, I feel like somebody should have been clear with, yes, about this. Agree. And I would have watched it a long time ago. So if you're like me and you just put this off for whatever reason, because you thought it was going to be this like, very heavy, heavy, you know, Swedish drama, um, there's fart jokes in it. So well, there we you were, go. Did they put, did they and, put the uh, fart jokes in the trailer at all? I don't. That's a good question. I think there's a laugh track in the trailer too. Good. And, good. Uh, no, no idea. That's a good question. Uh, I, I'm guessing no. I'm Probably guess not. No. These days it would be. For sure. Yeah, it would have to be. Um, second thing is, um, you know, maybe some of you are listening and you got a gift card or you got a little little cheddar in Ooh. your stocking, and you're looking for a for a book. I have started reading uh, a book called Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen oh, nice. by Brian Raftery. And it's I'm really enjoying it so far. I think I'm in March. They're going sort of chronologically, starting with Blair Witch uh, Project, premiering at Sundance in January. And in March or April... Uh, the Matrix drops, so I'm, I'm just make, I'm about to finish up my chapter on The Matrix, and uh, really good stuff, really That's good stuff cool. so far. Um, learning some new things, even, Craig, nice. if you can believe. Yep. So I, I didn't know, for example, that um, they actually moved the date of The Matrix forward because the test screens were so good, and they didn't want to compete with uh, Yield Phantom Mouse. Oh, man. Yeah. Sense. Oh, that's great, though. That's great to know. Yeah. It worked out well for them. I think that was a good call.
Anyway, okay, so let's talk about the other movie we watched, which is a TV movie. It happened one Christmas from the year of my birth, 1977. Oh. Craig, this is directed by Donald Rye. Uh, as you told us in the mm-hmm. tee-up, it was written by Philip Van Doren Stern, based on the story of his, and written for the television by Lionel Chetwind, <laughs> or Wind. One of those, Crazy, definitely one of those. Name. Yeah. yeah, we got Marlo Thomas, Orson Welles, Wayne Rogers, Cloris Leachman, love her. Uh, Barney Martin, I liked him quite a bit. And who else we need to mention? Doris Roberts. Mm-hmm. I'm sad to say I didn't really pay that much attention to. I should have. I mean, she wasn't there a whole lot. Yeah. And then this one, Craig. I'm so embarrassed. Because we talked about it in the tee-up, and I was excited about it. I did not realize that Christopher Guest was playing the character Harry until the very end of the movie when I saw the credits. (laughs) Completely slipped my mind. I will. Uh, So a very young younger Christopher Guest in this film as well. So here is a synopsis courtesy of uh, the user FrankFob2 at yahoo.com on uh, IMDb. Uh, I mentioned that because it's not on the main page. The, the main page synopsis <laughs> right. is like 25 sentences long. And uh, this one is much shorter. This reworking of the 1947 classic It's a Wonderful Life has a woman whose life is coming apart despairingly with... with does that even make sense? Has a woman whose life is coming apart despairingly wish that she had never mm. been born. An angel is sent to earth to grant her wish and show her how her never having been born would have affected everyone else. That does sound a lot like it's a wonderful it sure life. Is. And Craig, that's where I want to start. Uh, your favorite Christmas movie of yeah. all time. Obviously, uh, uh, an unheralded classic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This movie's pretty close uh, oh. in its its adaptation yes. here. Uh, what did you What did you make of of this telling of that story? And did it bug you that it was um, very closely plotted to "It's a Wonderful"? Life? Well, you know, it didn't bother me, and and I mean, when we say it's closely plotted, I mean it is. <laughs> it there, is there, the well, plot. there are moments that are word for word. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. not even just. Yeah, that each scene is building the same story. It's that these are lines you have heard other characters say. Um, yep. It's not quite to the extent of Gus Van Sant's Psycho, but it's, you know, it's in that... Um, I, I kind of put it in that arena, though, because I feel like... Yeah, for and, sure. And it, didn't, and it didn't bother me mainly because, um, as, as I believe you were telling us last time, uh, and if you haven't heard the tee up, everybody... Go listen to the tea up, maybe first, and then watch the movie, and then come back for this. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of homework. You got a lot yeah. of work to do. Yeah, press balls <laughs> with the love of God. Go do it. You have time. It's Christmas Day. Um, yeah. But but you had said that you know at, in 1977, people people really hadn't been watching It's a Wonderful Life since 1946. Yeah. So, I mean, wait, 46 is that right? Okay. I believe so. So. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good long time. There's pl- plenty of people who just have never even seen the movie, don't even know what it's, a, what it's about. So they're coming into this movie just totally fresh. And in those terms, I can see why this movie did so well. I can see why people wanted yeah. to see it. 
it's you know the the, the premise is, is really interesting uh you've got some some really some pretty big names in there um and really it feels like they pulled it off like about as well as I could possibly expect them to do it on TV. Um, I was really kind of pleasantly surprised more than I was feeling like, Oh, that, that really missed the mark. Um, it, it definitely doesn't get to a sort of depth of emotion that the other one does, but I mean, I don't know. Is, is it a compliment to say this one's shorter I don't know. I mean, it's it like it's has more freeze frames. There's a lot more freeze frames, uh, a lot more commercial breaks. I noticed than the original movie. Yeah. No. Strange. But uh, yeah, like it's sort of like the the things that are not great about it. You can sort of forgive just because well, it's brief. You know, it's not going to mm-hmm. make you sit in it for two and a half hours. Um. So that's kind of where I came. What I came away from it with. Uh, there were some, I thought Marlo Thomas was a really good lead character and I thought it was a really interesting idea to mm-hmm. take the George Bailey character and make her woman. And really, even if you sort of just, that's really the only difference. It's an interesting experiment to see just what that feels like. Uh, how does the story play when it's a woman? Um, and when it's Marlo Thomas, what I notice is there are certainly moments where she seemed a little too happy for the moment yes. she was in, or she wasn't. And of course I am totally comparing it to Jimmy Stewart. Cause I've seen that so many times and yeah. he really goes through a huge range of emotions where I, sometimes I just felt like, Oh, she seems almost happy in the scene or self-satisfied or something. I don't know what it is, but anyway, that's my overview. What about you? How, how did you feel about it? That's kind of identical yeah. to mine. I mean, even to the point where I'm like staring at my note right here where it says Thomas is a little too nice and mm. happy. Um, yeah, it, it kind of misses that that thing that Jimmy Stewart had in that movie where it's like you you almost feel bad when he gets mad. Like you don't want to watch it because he's such a nice yeah. guy, uh, you know, or a, a lauded guy in this town prior to those moments. And when he hits those moments, he hits them hard. Yeah. And um like, I, I don't know if it's just, I, I don't know. I like, I don't know Marlo Thomas's, you know, filmography well enough to know if this is any sort of limitation of her or the director or just the medium or what. But to me, that is kind of like, it is the biggest difference kind of emotionally between It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. and this. But everything else. If you like that movie, you're going to like this one, yeah. I think. And if you don't, you probably won't like this one. I don't think it's going to change it for no. you. Um, but it is really interesting to see the gender swap yeah. here. And I, I give them a lot of credit for doing it and not just completely. I mean, there's changes that it, it causes that I think in some ways are more interesting, mm-hmm. at least in a modern sense. And I want to talk about the setting in, in a second. But by making her a woman, she then is never just a housewife, right? Because right? she's running the savings mm-hmm. alone uh, or the building alone. And when she marries George, he also works. So it, it just like the power dynamic is, is indeed really different. 
And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. They are on equal footing here in this movie in a way that they're not in the original. And I, I don't have like I don't have a strong sense of the character Mary in the original as a reason that I like that movie, I guess. You know, it's right. definitely I mean, no offense to the actress, I'm not sure who that is. I like her. Um she's fine in the movie, but it's it's still somewhat of a background thing after they get married, that character. Yes. If that makes sense. To, or is fair. To, to to an extent. I mean, I, I I I I really think uh Donna Reed does more I was going to say more better. That would work. <laughs> she's really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah and, like, and, I, and I'm not not saying you, you don't think she's doing a good job, but yeah, I I think what's interesting here is that in that movie as the wife, she is expected to take you know, second place to what the man is yes. doing. Like, it's just, that's just the natural order of things. Whereas in this, yeah, you've got Mary Bailey. Ma- yeah, Mary Hatch, Mary Bailey. And she, as you said, is never a housewife, never even is in danger of becoming a housewife. No one even says, no. shouldn't you just settle down and be a housewife? Like, there's never anything like that. And, and so, but there's still... What's interesting is, as a man, George Hatch is not expected to be second banana, but he has no problem being that. He has no problem saying, I'm here for you. And it's interesting just, uh, you know, and and I mean, yeah, years from now, maybe this will even be less than it is now, less of a feeling. Like, I think it's a sociological thing. Um, just being conditioned by watching tons and tons of movies throughout lots of decades, you know, yeah. and and especially when this came out in '77, I kind of wonder what some of the reaction was to that because even in '77, you know, things weren't. I would uh, assume. I mean, I'm not a woman. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know. Sorry, sorry to drop that bomb on you. Uh, so I don't really know. Like I was going to say, well, things are a lot better than they were in 1977 for a woman. But I mean, that's probably an easy thing for me to say. But it's still, I have to imagine it must have felt more radical then than it ever would now. Uh, But also, I think it probably resonated so much then too, because, you know, this is essentially the story of a character whose life gets put on pause um, after she graduates high school. Yeah. Right. Um, and in 77, yeah, I, I don't know the numbers, but I feel like the statistics would back me up in saying the path to college for women was less than it is now. Right. Sure. So yeah, you'd have to imagine there, there were certainly women who were watching this at home going, okay, this looks pretty familiar. Right. Um, you know, I wanted, thought my life would do this. And then, it didn't. I never got out of this town and there's family obligations and maybe work obligations yeah. as well. Um, but the idea of me getting to travel um, and go like explore. Yeah, no, it, it's not happening. Um, so I, I think that that kind of like thing, which obviously is part of the brilliance of the original is sort of, you know, tapping into that gratitude of, of just 
you know, the, the everyday American life, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and, and the glory in that is, um, it still really resonates here, but it, it does have this like extra interesting dimension. I don't know that Wayne Rogers as George Hatch, like, I, I don't think he's necessarily a more interesting character than Mary in the mm-hmm. original because he is able to get a job. I just think that the dynamic is a yeah, little different and, and kind of interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, and even seeing him with the kids at the end, you know, when, uh, did they still call it Zuzu? Susie. Was the kids? Susie. Susie. What was it? Okay. Susie. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. When she's sick, you know, and then of course, you know, Mary is in this version going off on the kids playing yeah. the piano and everything. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it's just kind of, I don't know. <clears throat> it's, it's unique. Like I, I, I feel in some ways like I'm, a little cynical to that as a notion for, you know, a reason to make a movie now because mm-hmm. of, we've seen several of these yeah. um, from big studios in the past couple of years. Although personally, I, I mean, I still haven't even watched that version of Ghostbusters and truly I, I don't care. Like it's fine right. by me that they, they can do these, but it does, it, it has an air to it of it being done for sheer sort of, uh, like the financial side of it, or like, just like, it's, like um, yeah, like it's more trendy yeah, than this necessarily it, it, would be. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't. Is there another version of of uh, something like this happening in the seventies? I don't know. Maybe, well, and, and that's the thing. Um, I mean, I really kind of feel like, uh, unless I'm one hundred percent wrong, I mean. What's interesting to me about this is there were definitely a, a fair amount of feminist movies that were coming out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But the way this was approached, and I feel like this is a Marlo Thomas thing only because I've listened to that Free to Be You and Me album uh, <laughs> so many times throughout my childhood, is that, and in that, uh, that record was a little more, um, a little more representative of the idea that some people don't think women are the equals of men. They just don't think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, there are so many men that are already like on board. They're like, no, of course they are. That it's, that it felt a little radical, you know, in terms of that, that, that sort of dynamic that people have been fed for decades. Anyway, my point yeah. is this movie, again, like it's set in, the 20s and 30s and 40s, no one, at least that I can remember, even Potter, no one ever questioned her, the the fact that she was a woman and running businesses. No. No one. It was his suggestion. It was Potter's suggestion still that she's be the one. Yeah, he was going to hire her. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I think is so cool about this idea, as simple as it may seem, of, of just just changing the gender of the character because because she's she's not making a statement about oh well this would have been like if i was if she had been a woman yes men would have been scoffing at her constantly like there's no i don't even know if she could have even possibly been doing the job she was doing if it was 1930 right yeah oh my god like the, the, yeah. the amount of men on that board that voted to say that oh no you only you can run it so What's cool, say so what's cool to me, I'm just gonna keep talking. 
I mean, I guess it, is that where that sort of like they retain the sort of like Capra esque optimism of it all is just well, kind like, of yeah. But the the town does have a good heart, and nobody ever questions her. Right. In this role. Well, well, I I do like that, but I think the the bigger thing to me is, um, and I could be wrong, but I, I feel like Marlo Thomas's maybe point of this was we're not going to make that movie. We're not going to make the movie where I'm overcoming all these sexist men. We're going to present. Mm-hmm a world in which it's just taken for granted that women are equal to men. And if a woman wants to be a housewife, she can be. And if she wants to run this building alone, she can. And no one's going to bat an eye about the fact that she's a woman and doing those things. That's what I kind of dig about it. Like it just, it never even comes up. I did too. And like another thing that I think it actually added to the plot, uh, two things. So in this version, instead of having, you know, Jimmy Stewart you know, in, in the middle of, of having his life changed and running, you know, this family bank, essentially, um, WW2 breaks out. Right. Yeah. And so his brother gets sent off and, you know, several people in the town do as well, but he can't go because of, um, his ear, Mm -hmm. right. Or his hearing. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, in this version, you know, Mary's never going to go to war. That ain't going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but her husband does, George does. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool too, because now there, there's some, the stakes are a little more personal to it. You know, um, that question of, is he going to come home? And, you know, the, the sort of like montage of letters from, and postcards from the taxi cab driver, (laughs) that kind of stuff felt a little hokey in this version, I think in a way. Um, and, and I think would especially have in 77, just on the heels of Vietnam. But when he comes home and there's that moment of, uh, you know, her telling her kids that daddy's got a little hurt. Um, you know, it's just a little one. And you don't know exactly what his situation is going to be. I was like, oh, my God, it's like he could <laughs> be missing a limb or what? Yeah. Um, they didn't go that dark, of course. Right. Um, but he's on crutches, you know, and um, you can tell this experience has affected him. And it was just like a nice extra layer, I think, yes. that, you know, it never comes directly into the household in the original because of that situation, because of the genders, right? And the second thing was, although this is the scene, Craig, where I wrote down that Thomas felt like she was playing it a little too nice and happy mm-hmm. to me. Um. You know, instead of Jimmy Stewart finding out he's going to be a father, um, you have Marla Thomas telling Orson Welles, no, I don't want your job offer. Uh, I'm going to have a baby, you know. And um, it's just kind of interesting, right? Like, again, like it, the stakes are they're different enough that she's the one carrying the baby. Yeah. And all of that responsibility of making a decision to turn down a $75,000 a year job or whatever it was. Uh, it was not $75,000. I'm not kidding. It was like, um, but I mean, yeah, for that yeah, time, it would have um, been a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, like turning that down and knowing that she is, yeah, maybe responsible for a bigger portion of, of the household income, but also going to be carrying this baby. And yeah, what, what is she going to do work-wise when she has a kid um, and how will that affect their income? So I just, I just thought that was a nice little layer here. I did. I wish, yeah, she had cranked up the, I wish she had chewed that one a little bit. Yeah. You know? 
uh, performance wise, but otherwise that was good. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it's a big thumbs up for me as far as just the sheer execution of that concept of we're going to make this, we're going to tell this story, but it's going to be Marlo Thomas instead of Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. I, I think it works. I think it works. I think so too. Against all odds. Yeah. Um, what did you make of Orson Welles? Uh, he seemed like he really showed up for it to me. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of, kind of amazed. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess 77, I don't know where his head was at back then, but, uh, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like he, he took a lot of joy in it. I mean, there were parts of it that were, that felt very much like, uh, Barry Moore, I think is the, is the guy who played it originally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just with the kind of drawing way of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Orson Welles is actually a really good casting choice for this role. Yeah. Because uh, you know how ornery he is in real life anyway. Like, <laughs> you can feel it like just oh, radiating yeah. off of him. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he did great. I thought he did great in it. What about you? I thought so, too. And I think it's, you know, p- partly me probably projecting this on him a little bit, but he brings like this air of intelligence to that character yeah. in a way um, that it's, it was a little more than just cartoonish, bad, rich guy. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, you know what? Actually like he's probably pretty damn smart, you know, right. and erudite and just that again, like this is maybe just me looking at him because he is Orson Welles. But it, it felt like he had that thing, like he could flip that switch if he needed to, and uh, there was just a little more there. Um, so it didn't feel quite so... I, I think it would have been a mistake if, if he felt like he was completely stuck in a different century. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> decade, well, decade. Uh, well, I guess it could have been century, considering he's 28. True. When it, um, then everybody else around him. Um, I think it's a little more interestingly played here, the way they did it. Agreed. Um, what do you make about the production value though? Because that is speaking of 1928. Uh, did you know it was 1928 at the start of this movie? Um, just based on the sheer look of it. I didn't. And I was wondering either. I'm wondering when the first time I got kind of a hint at that. I, it was at the dance scene, um, for Harry's high school party where they're doing the Charleston. Like they had a sign up that said 1928. And I was like, Oh, it's 1928. Well, yeah, that's definitely the first time I realized it for sure. But even so, like their flashbacks, uh, at the beginning where it's like, Oh, you know, she's growing up and like they're, they're sledding yeah, down the, sledding the hill. And the, I mean, and, and also that whole thing was so remarkably almost exactly the same. Oh my God! Yeah, as 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 the other one, like I was blown away by that, but but yeah, I didn't really have a good idea. Yeah, until they went to the high school dance. Um, yeah, I know it's. Um, I'm just like, how much of that is really just informed by other movies for us, right? Than anything else. Um, but I did not think it looked anything like what my mind tells me 1928 looks like. I mean, for one yeah. thing, Marla Thomas has the same haircut in this movie for like. 27 years uh, of chronological time. Well, that was before they invented barbers, though, Sean. Oh, okay. I yeah, didn't know that. So, that well, her hair doesn't grow. It just stays It the just same. stays exactly so, the same, yeah. There's a bit of wizardry going on there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I still... Part of me has walked away from this movie wondering 
why not just set this in the 60s or 70s? Like, it, yeah. it, would it have felt completely wrong? I don't know. Uh, I thought yeah. um, the color of it, specifically when she is in her glimpse, if we can look at, uh, use terms from the family man, oh, yeah. with Cloris Leachman, and she sees Bedford Falls has become Pottersville, you know, and it's this rundown seedy place. And like, man, those pops of color and the neon lights, it just had that like 70s, like that soft glow, you know, that um, yeah. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> I kind of wish yeah. more of this movie was set right here. I don't know. Maybe that's just like affinity for 70s stuff. Well, but, um, you know, that moment when she's walking through the town for some reason flashed me back to Tom Cruise walking through town and eyes wide shut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's got those flares that are, I don't know. It's just yeah. like the lighting. It and like, feels it feels like a back and, yeah. lot, but it's sort of, yeah. but it looks well, really well done at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. That's funny. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, it would be curious to know, and I didn't see anything in my research, if they ever discussed changing the, the period of this. Or yeah. if it was just like, nah, let's just stick with what they did, you know. Um, because on one hand, you're right, there is something gained from the fact that it's set when it's set and nobody questions the fact that there's a woman doing this. Yeah. Um, and they get to use the war. But then again, yeah, if they had bumped it up to the 60s and 70s, they could have done vietnam instead um yeah i mean yeah there's there's any number of analogs for everything they were doing right yeah it's just interesting um i do think this movie is slightly less successful well maybe significantly less successful in really portraying the town and the people that live there and yeah maybe that's just like the running time is is that much i think so the things that got cut out yeah you think so yeah um, but it is kind of interesting though, because then it's like, they're talking about Ernie and, um, they do show up there towards the end and like after the wedding and things like that. And it's just like, I don't, I don't really know if I know who you are yet. Yeah. You know? It's like, I do. Cause I saw the original two weeks ago, but, um, <laughs> otherwise I'd be like, who's this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this, maybe the stuff with the mother got cut a little bit too, Ma Bailey. Yep. Right? Or no. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I guess, you know, if you have to take an axe to this thing, that's where you do it. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder why they couldn't just have... Uh, so this probably... It's an hour 49 runtime. so with commercials, they were definitely right at two hours, if not over. Um, it would be... I, I wouldn't have minded a slightly longer version of this. No, me neither. It's rare I say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me, me neither. Um, yeah, the, the, the original really layers everything so well and the performances are so, so on point that by the time George is on that bridge and crying, like you believe he's at the end of his rope. Yeah. And I can't say I felt quite that. I mean, I knew I was supposed to feel that way. But there was something in the something in the original when the money is lost and the building and loan is in danger, and not just the building alone, but their lives. Like they're just going to be yeah. ruined. Um, there's something about it in the first one that it just 
all that emotion, everything you've been through up to that point really starts to hit home. And you, you kind of see through his eyes, like, yeah, like, like I, I can understand why he's on that bridge. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. And I kind of don't like that I'm, I'm doing it. Uh-oh. Is any of this uh, laying at the feet of Cloris Leachman? Because I did not love her as Clara, the angel in this movie. And in some ways, I think if I got taken out of this experience at all, it was it was kind of at that point in the movie, which is not when it needs to happen, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's just like she pops up and like she looks like she walked out of My Fair Lady or something. And it just, I don't know. That, it threw me a little bit tonally. Um, did you That's interesting. have any opinion on her? I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel that way. Uh, it's been me. In like a knee jerk reaction. But I mean, she's also, I feel like she's also not nearly utilized the way, like as much as Clarence is in the original. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's big shoes to fill. Clarence as, as a character is so great. Um, but there's also that thing of, in the original, you've got a very downtrodden Jimmy Stewart playing against this Clarence. And in this one, you've got a barely down <laughs> Marlo Thomas playing against Clara. That's a good point. And, and there's something that just doesn't doesn't let yeah. Clara kind of stand out from that. Like she seems sure. more along for the ride than really you know, giving her this glimpse. Um, and also, you know, just thinking about it right now, it's interesting that Clara is the ditzy broad in this yeah. movie. I mean, cause I don't think any other female character is played for sort of, Oh, you're just, you're kind of out to lunch. And she gets a lot. They do a lot with that uh, up front in yeah. that sort of VO with um, yeah the angels there. And uh, I was like, yeah, they're hitting that joke kind of hard, aren't they? They are. They, um, they seem really irritated. Yeah. And I mean, you know, fair enough. Like in the original, Clarence is, he's a little ditzy himself. Yeah. So, I, you know, I get it. It's not like they changed the character to, to play to any kind of stereotypes, yeah. but... Um, but but and, and that didn't bother me. I mean, I'm glad she was there, but it's still it's so there's so many just classic bits in the original with Clarence in this world and and yeah, you're right though. Like like it did it just didn't quite get there. And it really feels like it's supposed to be the big ending. And this, you know, mm-hmm. this this angel's supposed to come in and really do a number on her and and it's I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it it did. It just didn't quite hit the the bullseye there. I think, which it again, that's a tough. It's just a tough challenge for anything. I think, Um, and also a testament to how well they did with the original and sort of why you need some of those other scenes that um, may feel a little extraneous at times. I do think, like you know, it didn't have the same weight when everybody in town shows up to give money to, to Mary and, and the Hatch family yeah. in this version. Um, probably partly because, yeah, they, they just don't have as much of a screen presence mm-hmm. in this version as they did in the original. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. But how hilarious was Christopher Guest? 
<laughs> he was nonstop. <laughs> you know, it, it's so interesting to me because he, yeah. the only other movie I can think of him in where he wasn't funny and it felt the same amount of weirdness to me. <laughs> and I, I think I'm going to be alone in this. He's in a say Princess Bride. Well, no, he okay. he's in a short bit in um, Little Shop of Horrors. God, I don't remember that. I know. Well, it's super quick. I think he's like a reporter, and he kind of comes up and asks this question, and he kind of has this kind of weird blank look on his face when he asks it, <laughs> and it's kind of creepy. And what he's doing isn't really funny, but there's just something about it where it's just like something felt weird about that. So a lot of this, he's great, and like you said. You don't even think that it's Christopher Guest. I had no idea. Um, in, in that first scene, it took me the whole first scene, like once at the end of the first scene that he was in where they were before they went to the dance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, that's, yeah, that's Christopher Guest. And I had no idea. And because and, and, he's doing a fine job, it's not, yeah. he's not being funny. There's, it's not a showy part. Um, Man, but yeah, there's something, every time you see him, you want him to like do something funny and he doesn't. There's a weird tension yeah. there. Uh, I'd love to know if it's just like this is the period of his career. It's just like auditioning for everything. Oh, totally, um, totally, and good. Yeah. I mean, he was good, uh, right? Yeah, it was it was crazy, but yeah, just completely unexpected. Um, I kind of liked Barney Martin, who played Uncle Willie. In yeah, this. I, there's just something. Uh, he's got a very good face for that kind of thing. He's he's a know? perfect Uncle Willie. Yeah, kid, good character actor yeah. there. Uh, yeah, so I enjoyed that. Um, what else did I want to talk to you about? Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. I don't know if I have anything else specifically. Uh, any other moments that you liked or disliked strongly one way or another that we haven't talked about? I mean, it feels kind of silly and redundant to just do a any sort of additional plot synopsis because you, you yeah. know, it's a wonderful It's a life wonderful life. I mean, it's not, yeah. It is that movie, yes. Um, is there anything else? You know what? I, I really liked um, how Clara saved Mary. And for whatever reason, in all the years that I've watched It's a Wonderful Life, I've never connected the moment where George jumps in the ice in the into the water to save Harry. Is intentional. Well, well, no, I, I just never connected that to when he jumps in to save Clarence. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I certainly connected the the fact that he has the predilection to like help someone, but yeah. I just never thought about the fact that oh yeah, he's jumping into ice water again. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one made a much more direct connection visually. I felt because it was just. Uh, yeah. Instead of her jumping in at the beginning, she lays down on the ice and someone's holding onto her and she's grabbing her brother out. And then this one is the same thing. And, and, it would, and it was a pretty funny bit because you've got this guy like slipping around on the ice, trying to grab, like hold her legs. Yeah. It's like on a hill and she's pointed down. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really pretty funny. Um, pretty cool. And the other thing I watched this with my wife and we both agreed that Wayne Rogers has real Will Ferrell energy. Oh my God! Yeah, like it just. I mean, felt if like, Wayne Rogers had been a household name, <laughs> and there was a biopic, yeah, there's absolutely no one else you would there's, even think about no, casting. No one else. For Will Ferrell, SNL era, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Hundred percent. What about you? Anything else? 
nothing major. I was kind of struck just how tiny Marlo Thomas is. Sure. Uh, just, I don't know if in just comparison of everybody else on screen, but I was like, oh my God, she's super little. Um, there's a lot of ADR in this movie. Yes. I thought, I noticed. And that was kind of interesting. And yeah, there are commercial breaks in this and you do notice them. I was really curious after that first big one, which is when Mary, after reconnecting with George after the high school party, um, gets the news from her brother that their father has had a stroke. Yeah. And she turns and runs and it does a freeze frame. And then, and like the music changed dramatically. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that yeah. too. The score got real TV movie intense all of a sudden. And I was like, oh man, are they going to do this every time? This is amazing. <laughs> like, how are they going to, where are they going to find those breaks to do freeze frames every, they, they don't. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, it was just kind of interesting to see because like up to that point, I'm like, eh, this doesn't feel like a TV movie at all. You know, this is trucking right along just like, uh, yeah. just like the original here, really. And then boom, that moment, <laughs> I was like, cut to tab, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Like, God, I'd know, love to know what commercials they were showing during this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. I wish but, they would actually include some. That would, that'd be fantastic. I know. Amazon get on it. I'm sure there's too much money there. Um, but no, that was it. I, I think we've covered it. I think it is one that is a real solid reason uh, to not get too down on streaming as you know a potential taking us away from theaters thing. I mean, yeah. I, I do think both will coexist, but good God, like it's. I can't even believe this movie exists, let alone that I can just watch it whenever I want to yeah. in my living room. And it looks, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, the transfer did. It did. Anyway. Yeah. For a movie and, I've um, never heard of from 1977. Like, yeah. yeah and you just have to imagine that things made for TV, especially prior to, you know, the 80s when VHS kind of took off. I'm sure a lot of them just completely disappeared off the face of the earth, you yeah. know, unless somebody recorded them and put it on YouTube or something. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just think I don't want to completely switch over and change our podcast to TV <laughs> movies, but, um, that's what, yeah, that's what our second podcast to, will be for. Yeah, exactly. The sister podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting to see stuff like this and just imagine, you know, Again, five channels or whatever, however mm -hmm. many there were in 77 and how many eyeballs this must have captivated and how many people, you know, it, working in film after this saw this and it was maybe like, wait, who's that guy? Oh, that's Orson Welles. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, what else has he made? Let me go watch Citizen Kane or like that's the first time they ever saw Christopher Guest or, yeah. you know, whatever. So um, all the and Conrad Hall, who we talked about um Cinematographer, crazy. so so crazy. All those little tendrils, like I don't know, it's just cool to, to keep these things alive. So I'm glad you found it. I don't know that I ever ever would have. So um, nice. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, to to see if anyone else on this planet talks about this movie to us. I would love to know in, in the rest of our lives, but I, I hope so. I hope somebody will watch it. Yeah, me too. Um, I did want to ask you this mm. when we were talking about it earlier. Do you think there's enough material in this original story that you could do a miniseries? I'm talking about adding scenes now, too, right. not taking away. I think you would you would have to, right? Yes. What kind of miniseries, though? 
Like I think you know, like let's say like a just a season long seven six seven hour long episodes. Man, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. Mainly because the story is so so focused on this one character. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you'd really want you'd really need to spend a lot of time in that town, and like I I think I think the danger might be getting to know Potter too well. See, I was going to say like in the original, um, cause it's somewhat fresh on my mind. Yeah. Like there's a character Violet who yeah. is, you know, this woman who, um, you know, seems kind of flirtatious with, with George, but goes a different direction. And, you know, there's characters like that and Ernie and like some of the people in town that I think you could build character arcs for, or mm-hmm. a character arc for one or two of them to intersect the story a bit more. Um, and it'd be interesting to, to completely modernize it and see what that would do. But I also feel like, can you do that? Would you be allowed by, yeah. <laughs> by the, the film world at large to get away with this, uh, in, in 2021? Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but, but even still, I could maybe see four or five hours. I think get, getting I to seven what. or eight hours would be tough for me. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be tough. It'd be tough to swing it. Maybe you bring Clarence down and, and they stay a little longer. I mean, um, yes, Clarence, like the last. Yeah. Clarence would have to have a bit of a different at least two episodes, facility. Right? Yeah. There have to be something a little different about him. Because you, you can definitely get away with. He's a good device because you can just have people, you know, explaining different things and how they're going to affect George and so on. Mm hmm. I don't know, maybe. Well, maybe so. I don't know. I, I think the internet would shit all over this <laughs> entire concept. Absolutely. The minute it hit the trades. Like, it, it would need, would it, you know done. what? It would need one one <laughs> twist to make it cool, and I don't know what it would be. But it would yeah. need something uh, that would be like, oh, that's that's an interesting little. Yeah, you could change the race and stuff. I mean, that might be kind of done. interesting. Um, yeah. But not in a superficial way, obviously. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe in our lifetime, somebody will take another stab at... Uh, at, at that material in a direct way um, or maybe even an indirect way, like family man. Yeah. So I am kind of curious between the two and we'll wrap this up here. Um, yeah, you, know, you got a, uh, what would you give a, a bigger thumbs up to the family man or, or it happened one Christmas? Well, I'm glad I watched both of them, Sean, but I would have to give it happened one Christmas, the, the clearer thumbs up. I think I'm with you. And that kind of surprises me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it you does, know? what it does have going for it is, there was already a, a movie that's exactly yeah. the same and the story was pretty darn solid. So yes. Yeah. The family man had a, had a degree of difficulty a little more, I think than it happened one Christmas. So got to give credit where credit's I due. Believe you are right. Yeah. Um, well, Craig, it's been a hell of a season. Hasn't it, it really has. I mean, Sean, looking back, oh, wow. Can you believe it? I, I almost can't. I want to thank, let's see, we had Heath Michaels on. We had Todd Rohall again for the first time in forever. That yes, was great. We did. Uh, was Peter Fedak this season? Did we do brainstorm? I believe we did. I, I, I can't even remember. My brain is completely stormed. We, um, we hit episode 200 with the tee up of that one. Oh my God, we did, didn't yeah. we? So that's crazy. Uh, any favorites from this season? Any favorite movies that, that we watched too? Just- um, I'm really glad we watched Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tuki Buki. I would never have watched that. 
I think yeah. if we hadn't had this, Atlantics is kind of the same. I just I don't think I would have ever gotten to it. Man, do I have a favorite? That's a, that's a tall that's a tall question and a not a short order. I think I'm going Dale Pollock all the way. The Beast I thought was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, the Tank movie. That's true. That's true. Jason Patrick, yeah, that was a good one. Man, I'm gonna go Belladon of Sadness. Oh wow! Okay, I mean, I like that. yeah, just just I I think mainly because uh, it's so so different than than anything I've seen, Beautiful. and really, I don't know, hangs together really well as a as a film. It's just it's so crazy, and it's um, and I and I think it sort of uh, also wants to run away from you liking it. So <laughs> that's true. It's not one that just welcomes you in and gives you a warm yeah. hug. So. I'm going to go with Belladonna of Sadness. There you have it. There it is. All right. Well, if you guys have a favorite uh, from this year, let us know by all means. And otherwise, stay safe. Have a nice holiday and a happy new year. And we'll be back in uh, February or so. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. Craig, any last words? Um, uh, You had no idea this was coming, did you? I didn't. I didn't. I wish you had given me a, a glimpse of this uh, episode, and then maybe I'd be living a better life somewhere. Um, I'm going to let those be my last words of the year. I like it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.